Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Baycare Clinic Podcast. My name is Alicia Schertz. I will be your host for this episode. We're joined today by Caitlin Romanesco, medical esthetician and tattooist at Plastic Surgery and Skin Specialist by Baycare Clinic. Caitlin provides cosmetic tattooing that ranges from microbladed eyebrows to scar camouflage to 3D tattoos that restore nipples and areolas for breast reconstruction patients. She's here today to discuss her work and the impact these services have on the patients she serves. Caitlin, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. So I want to start by talking a little bit more about you, uh, your expertise, and, and sort of what you offer. Can you tell us a little bit about what you specialize in? Sure. So I specialize in medical aesthetics um, that kind of work hand-in-hand with our plastic surgeons here. Um, And then I also am newly specialized in medical tattooing. So a lot of the paramedical things like scar revision, um, areola 3D nipple reconstruction, things like that. Um, But I do kind of provide a multitude of services from, you know, it's something as simple as an eyebrow wax to reconstructing a nipple for someone. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge range, and I do want to talk about that. So tell me a little bit about what cosmetic tattooing is and how it's different than maybe traditional tattooing that people might be more familiar with. It, I wouldn't say it's necessarily different. Um, they're very, very, very similar, right? The pigments that we use from in regular tattooing um, – are a little bit different. Um, the ones we use for permanent makeup are designed so that they fade slowly over time. Um, we also place the pigment at about a third of the depth of a traditional tattoo. Um, so the color ends up being a little bit more natural and softer um, and then does actually fade a little bit more um, aggressively than you would see with your body tattoos. Um, and that's due to, you know, being able to have that flexibility to change the change the design as we age and our skin and body kind of changes. And then also as just the fad itself changes, you know, we go from having straight lined eyebrows to big fluffy eyebrows to no eyebrows. Um, the trends are kind of always changing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about the range of services. So you're talking about microbladed eyebrows, those kinds of things, but it also ranges from that to other services you provide. Can you talk about that? So with tattooing, there is a range. Um, Everything as simple as doing eyebrows, which, you know, there is microblading, which when we talk about microblading, we're specifically referring to the fact of using a tiny microscopic blade to create little little slits or cuts in the skin where pigment is inserted. Um, Doing this helps create the thinnest possible hair stroke line. Um, one that you wouldn't normally be able to achieve um, with using a traditional tattoo machine. That being said, there's also techniques where you can use a tattoo machine um, to kind of go in and create hair stroke lines. Um, that Those lines can never be as thin as the ones you would use for microblading. Um, so that is a whole different technique as far as the machine goes as well. There's shading that can be done with the machine. I always recommend doing shading, especially um, on more older or mature compromised skin. Um, And this is due to the fact that it is a little bit less damaging on the skin surface versus creating cuts um, where you would, you know, when you have that compromised skin barrier already, you're at a higher risk of, you know, having those scars or having that pigment kind of um, migrate underneath the skin to give you a less desired uh, result. Um, 
Then we also do machine work with scar tattooing. Um, and when we do that, I use some pigments that I dilute and kind of go in with a almost stippling or pointillism technique um, to kind of slowly and naturally blend um, hypopigmented, so no pigment to the scar or basically white scars. I add pigment back to them to kind of naturally smooth uh, their appearance so it's not so noticeable to the naked eye. Um, it does not remove the scar but it does visually give a better uh, representation of the skin. Um, and then we also, I also go in and can help with uh, nipple reconstruction. So whether you've had a mastectomy, um, unilateral, bilateral, so if you've had one or both done, um, I can go in and kind of create a nipple that represents one you already have or give you two brand new ones. Um, Sometimes we have uh, breast reduction patients as well where the nipple was distorted or lost pigment and they just need some freshening up. They want, you know, it's faded or it got a little bit messed up from an incision, things like that. We just need to add a little bit of color back to it. We can kind of color match and go in and kind of bring some life back to it. Um, and that's kind of the standard range of what I'm currently working on at the moment. I mean, that's incredible. And, and I do want to talk about um, just some of the training that you've had and the, and the kind of extensive work that you've done to kind of get yourself to this point. But first, I want to just talk about, and obviously it's different for each patient, what are you hearing yeah. from your patients and, and why would they take advantage of these services? That complete range, really. I mean, anybody who's going microblading obviously has a different reason than someone who's coming in for um, sure. nipple or areola. But what are you hearing from them? Why are they taking advantages of services like these? Um, like you said, yeah, everyone's reasoning is different. So, you know, I've heard everything, you know, from hair thinning for eyebrows, right? As we age, our hair stops growing on our face where we want it to grow, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, we're losing some of our eyelashes, we're losing some of our eyebrow hairs. And your eyebrow really gives a really good representation of your face shape. And it can be tiresome for a lot of older patients too to always be drawing on an eyebrow to really, you know, make them feel pretty about how their face looks. Um, doing this tattoo can help give them more time in the morning. Um, it's easier for them to work with. If they do want to fill it in, they almost have like an all like an outline already there for them to work on. Um, with other, you know, younger crowds, you know, some people just want more of that. I'm wearing makeup look all the time. Um, that was that's pretty trendy right now. Um, as far as areolas and scars, um, I have a lot of self-harm scars where, you know, people just kind of want them blended in a little bit better, um, so they don't have to see it so obvious when they look down at, you know, their arms or their legs. Um, I've had it even as simple as, um, facelift scars, um, wanting to be covered on the face area, um, to blend in a little bit better, especially, you know, when they want to wear makeup and they don't have to cover up a pure white blob of scar. Um, and then also with areolas, a lot of breast cancer patients, you know, sometimes I even have it where I have a patient and they were, they thought they were really okay with having no nipples. We came in, we gave them nipples and they just felt normal again. They, you know, I've had them say, 
this feeling when they look at themselves in the mirror, you know, they were okay with what it was before, but now when they look, it just, they feel like they have their breasts back. Right. And, you know, if you, if you're someone who has them, right, we don't think about how we wouldn't possibly even just miss that when, if they were gone. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty emotional to kind of think about, you know, waking up one day and not having that there and how you would contemplate on feeling about it. <laughs> um, and for some people, they're totally okay with that. And for other people, they do crave that normalcy back, that, that feeling of they have real breasts there mm-hmm. um, and then they belong to them. For people out there, as far as how are these different than traditional tattoos? And I'm not talking maybe sort of so much the technical aspect of things because it sounds like it is very similar to a traditional tattoo, but um, someone who gets a traditional tattoo might be more interested in showing off that, whereas some of the work that you've done is is really meant to blend in and look natural. Can you talk a little right. bit about that right. and, and the conversations that you've sort of had with patients in that regard? Right. So, and, you know, with that, I get the biggest question too with that is, you know, is this a permanent tattoo? And, you know, yes, yes, it is. Although these pigments do differ from, say, the, the sorry, excuse me, the pigments and the technique does differ from your traditional tattoos, um, especially with the placement of where it is on the face and body, they are still tattoos. Yes, they will fade but there is still always going to be some sort of remnant that is permanent in the skin. Um, so I want to always emphasize that to everyone. You know, these things are essentially permanent. I know there's a lot of semi-permanent usage out there, and I really don't like to ever say that that's a, that's a thing. Granted, you could get a good amount of fading within the tattoo itself, but not enough to be 100% gone. And for those reasons, I always say it's, it's permanent. Um, there is honestly no other than technique and pigment. There is really no difference between this and a regular tattoo. Um, you know, we are putting essentially packing pigment into the skin. Um, granted we're doing a different layer of the skin, um, and using a little bit more natural muted colors. Um, it is still a tattoo. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say there is a huge difference. In between the two, they are essentially both the same. Excellent. So let's talk about the process that you sort of go through with patients, and and obviously it will vary depending on the type of tattoo that you're doing. But you have already mentioned this is permanent. You're not necessarily working off a design or a right. um, photo like maybe traditional tattoo artists do. But how do you walk through that process with them, and how do you work with them to to kind of color match and get get what they want? How do you do that? Yeah, so ex exactly that. It's, you know, we're going to map out an entire uh, eyebrow for them. Um, I use some stencils. I use um, mapping string. Um, I use a ruler. There's a lot of calibration that kind of goes into that. And I use, the biggest thing is I'm using your own face anatomy. No one's face is perfectly symmetrical, right? We always have asymmetry to our face. That being said, we can get the brows to look like they are perfect, but essentially they are never going to be the exact same brow because if you were to do that, it would make your face look weird. They would almost, to get them to be perfectly centered on your face and be the exact same, in turn would almost make them look like they were not the same, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Um, but yes, this is, this is their face. You know, I will draw out what I believe 
is a good natural brow that works with their anatomy. After that is done, we kind of can go in. I have them, you know, kind of look at it, talk about how they feel about, you know, the arch, the placement, the tails, you know, is this, is this something you want? Do you, you know, some people will sometimes request that we kind of arch it a little bit more or maybe extend the tail just a fuzz. Um, and so I will make those changes and have them kind of review um, the design once again. Um, because again, I, I want everything to be kind of approved before we even go about touching them with any type of permanent ink anywhere. Um, Cause it is again, a permanent ordeal. Uh, once they have approved on the design, um, I will go ahead and apply a topical mixture um, onto the eyebrows that sits for about 30 minutes because I want them to be completely comfortable um, during the whole process. Um, while that's while that's numbing, we kind of go in and we kind of talk about, you know, some of their skin tones. They're, you know, are you more warm undertone? Are we cool undertoned? Um, and we kind of figure out together a good uh, color that they feel comfortable with and that I feel comfortable with. I personally always lean towards a lighter shade. If they're in between two shades where they're not sure, I will always start lighter because I can 1000% always make it darker, but we cannot go from darker to lighter. <laughs> that takes time to slowly fade out. So we're always on the reserved. Um, and I do this because each appointment, they always have a four-week follow-up. During that follow-up, if they do feel, you know, after having them on their face for four weeks, if they do feel they're too light or anything needs to be changed, that follow-up appointment is there so that we can make those changes um, and give them the best results. Interesting. And obviously you're talking about eyebrows at that point, but is the process similar yeah. for, for anyone needing scar revision or, or the areolas yes. nipples as well? You the same, the yeah. same process? So you talked about it a little bit, but um, everyone has their own reasons for sort of going through this process or, or making this leap, so to speak. Um, but can you talk about maybe the impact of your work or what you've seen with your patients or any, any reactions that you specifically remember that that what you're able to give back to them or what you're able to do for them um, just from a tattoo standpoint? Yeah. I mean, I get all, I get all sorts of reactions, right? Everyone kind of handles their trauma and their journey a little different. Um, I do love when I get, you know, people getting a little emotional and crying, you know, cause they just, they just feel good about themselves. Right. And, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, me personally, when, when anyone kind of has that reaction, I get kind of a little teary eyed and I get a little bit emotional too. Um, cause it's, you know, I'm, I just feel like I haven't really done much for them. You know, I'm like, you've, you've done it all. And like, I just drew on some nipples and like, I mean, and they're sitting here you know, thanking me. I'm like, don't thank me. I haven't, I, I just feel like I haven't done enough. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, all I did was draw something on. I'm like, so, but it is rewarding to see that they're happy and, you know, I always want to make sure that they're happy. Um, and, you know, we do have those touch-up appointments for them too. If, you know, there is some fading, especially with, with them having, you know, scar tissue a lot of the times in those areas, sometimes that pigment is a little bit stubborn to stick um, because scar tissue doesn't necessarily accept pigment as well as healthy skin does. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's nice having those follow-up appointments, but on the times when they do come to the follow-up and they're just, beyond happy with the results and 
you know, we're able just to kind of send them on their way. And I say, you know, we'll see if you ever have any issues in the future. Um, that's, it's very rewarding, right? Because it's, it's a chapter closed, right? Their journey is, you know, come to an end and hopefully they can move on and keep on keeping on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to talk a little bit about too, because you have sort of a unique um, s- situation where you're directly working or working under the plastic surgeons at your um, clinic. So I want to talk about that. And, and for people who may be sort of at the beginning of this journey, either maybe just suffered an accident where they might have some scarring or mm-hmm. um, deciding on breast cancer treatment or breast reconstruction options with your surgeons, what does it mean for them to be able to know about your services right from the beginning? And when do you typically get involved? Um, yeah, so I, I kind of get involved at, I've been pulled in for multiple stages, at multiple parts during their procedures. Um, a lot of the surgeons here are actually really great, especially if they do have someone kind of just starting out on their journey. Um, they can pull me in um, and talk to me a little bit about, uh, or and I can talk to them a little bit about what I have to offer. If for any reason they would have to end up losing their nipples or you know, what, what are their options after the surgeons take care of the actual reconstruction, um, of the breast. And I kind of just offer them, you know, the, the sprinkles on top, right. The, the topping to the cake. Um, and you know, I always tell them, you know, you know, I'm here if you need me, but it's not a requirement. Um, you need to, you know, they need to do what they feel they need to do, um, to be happy. Um, that's really all we want is for everyone, you know, there's a very, traumatizing, uh, thing to deal with. I mean, it's very scary. And all I want is for people to be, feel happy, feel happy and comfortable in their skin. Um, especially when they lost a huge part of who they are as, you know, a female. That's fantastic. And I, and I'm sure for, for a lot of patients too, just the knowledge of that existing can kind of alleviate any concerns or any issues that they may have during the surgical process too, where they, they know that this is an option for them on the other end, which is fantastic, yes. I think. Yes. And you can always, they always reach out to insurance. We have our, the ladies here are amazing um, with getting pre-offs for insurance. If that's something they would really want to do. That's great. So if, if I am a patient who's interested in learning more about the tattoo services you provide, whether it be from the microblading to um, some of the additional or more extensive services, what are my next steps? So can I come in for a consultation or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. Um, I So I've kind of recently started, I want everyone to kind of come in prior to a uh, treatment or a tattoo mm-hmm. to do just a quick 30-minute consult with me um, at this time, you know, at at during that appointment, I kind of review everything like medical history. Um, I review if they've had previous work done by another artist. If we need to do modifications, corrections, is this a touch up? And I kind of go through the aftercare with them because, you know, the aftercare can be a little extensive. You know, I don't want, especially when it comes to eyebrows, we can't get them wet for seven days after the treatment. Um, and I kind of walk them through that. And I also walk them through, you know, being off of blood thinners, um, specific medications, you know, if they need to, um, I'll have them make sure it's okay with their primary um, to be off these certain medications, especially like blood thinners um, or things that could possibly affect um, the healing of the tattoo. 
Um, and, those, and, and we just kind of go through all that. And I, you know, I want to make sure they're not drinking caffeine the day of, or, you know, a heavy night of drinking alcohol prior. Um, those are all things that can really affect the way the tattoo turns out. That's incredible. And I think something good to know. So they are well aware of all that information before they come in for their appointment. That's perfect. Yes. That's fantastic. I think this is so valuable and so um, interesting to learn more about the services that you provide. So we thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great. Again, Caitlin Romanesco is a medical esthetician and tattooist at Plastic Surgery and Skin Specialist by Baycare Clinic. To learn more about their services um, or request an appointment, visit BaycarePlasticSurgery.com. Thank you for listening and subscribe now to hear more Baycare Clinic podcasts.